You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about recommending books and interviewing podcaster and librarian Ineke Fitzclark. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I just finished... Okay, so you know, I'm finished, I'm doing this um, uh, reader challenge. Yes. And of course, we're I'm not close- done with it yet, even we're though it is... We're closing in on the end November. of 2018. Um, I, uh, so I, I was looking for a post-colonial book. I got a whole bunch of recommendations. This one came from one of our listeners and I super appreciate it, but I read, um, Homegoing by Yar Jesse. I've heard that this is a really good book. I I think it was probably not to diminish all the other books I read this year, but it was probably my favorite book this year. Wow. I mean, I'm not done with the year yet, but the book starts in, um, a post-colonial, uh, Ghana. So it's um and there are two there's there's a woman who gives birth to two children in different circumstances and um over time you follow those two children and their different circumstances immediately one uh marries um a white man who is a colonizer and another one gets shipped off as a slave. So that's how it starts. Oh wow. And then each chapter is one of their children. And then it goes through. So it's one of the only books I've actually looked at the genealogy many times throughout. So they have that genealogy yeah. chart, which I feel like they do a lot in fantasy novels yes, that I when read. when it's like the house of Schmibble And I'm like, I can't keep up with this. Yeah. Like, I just like, I'm like, I'm just going to guess who this is. But on, the, on hers, I actually went back and I'm like, right, okay, so it's this person. And I remember him because he was, you know, um, a minor. And then this person, like, was living in... Harlem and like you know so I can kind of like follow the whole book you get really invested in these people even though you only have a chapter with them you're invested in their family so if someone is doing the read harder challenge this is a great book if they're not doing read harder challenge also a great book what are you reading Valerie so as you know I am also in my like final sprint of the year but I'm trying to read 2018 releases yes which I haven't done that many I was looking the other day I've actually done way more than I thought we're gonna do an episode on it but I literally was looking I was like oh I've read like five yeah, we're we're gonna do a, this in December. We're gonna do a whole um, our favorite books of the year episode, like we did last year. Yeah, and if people want to send those in to us now, we could read a few on the episode, right? Yes. Yeah. So send your like top your top favorite 2018 book. Yeah, I'd be really interested to see like the what the top book of reading glasses listeners was. Oh, should we do a poll? Yeah, I'm never gonna put together a poll. But I will do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I will I will shoulder that burden. Yeah, if you email us, I will I will. Uh, Put all the data together. Yeah, your top book of the of two it published in two thousand eighteen. Yes. Okay. So what so are you the, reading? So I am reading uh, the Female Persuasion by Meg Wallitzer, which came out in April of this year, and I somehow missed it. Oh, I remember why because I was finishing my book. Oh yeah, I was just like a, a cave person living in a dirty sweater and like eating the food that Alan left on my desk. Um, but so a bunch of people know Megan Wallitzer or Meg Wallitzer. She's a really big author. She wrote the Interestings. Um, but this is my first book of hers and I don't know why I've never read any of her books before. It's just like, you ever have like a big author that you just somehow have missed? So many. She's one of those. And, um, so this book takes place in the mid 2000s. It's like 2000, starts off in 2006, I believe. And it's this girl and it's her first year of college and she was supposed to go to Yale, but her parents are just like weird stoners and ended up screwing up her financial aid. So she's going to, um, uh, less prestigious college but her boyfriend is going to Princeton and she's really shy and she is like trying to figure herself out and she ends up going to see this very famous feminist speaker 
and it like changes her life. And it's all about how like goes through her life in college and like her making friends and her finding herself and like how feminism changed her. And it's really well written. It's really nice. It's a big book. A big buzzy book. Yeah, like, well, it was, it was. People were really talking about it earlier this year. Yes, I'm really. It is enjoying a big it. book too. It's just big, like physically. Like yes. it's a large book. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's been good. I've been, now that it's been chilly in Los Angeles, aka 65 degrees, full on 65. I'm in like we're all in sweaters and thick <laughs> socks now. Uh, but I've been curling up with a blanket reading it. It's been very nice. So that's the Female Persuasion by Meg Wallitzer. And mine's Home Going by Yar Jesse. Um, just so you know, this book has some a lot of trigger warnings. Um, I would actually say go check and see what all they are because I don't know if I could even list them all, but there's definitely ones for uh, abuse, for rape, for uh, so much abuse, just <laughs> drug abuse, um, a, a lot of stuff like that. So please go go look at that if you have those sort of triggers um, because it's uh, obviously a very violent book. It deals with slavery and um, and things like that. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Kelly writes in, I work with young children and so many parents do not know about Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. This is a program that was started by Dolly Parton to deliver books to children ages zero to five. You can sign up multiple children in a household and each child will receive an age appropriate book in the mail once a month for free. What? This program is available in the U.S., Canada, U.K., and Australia. And parents can sign up at imaginationlibrary.com. We'll put a link in the show notes. Is there anything that Dolly Parton can't do? Uh, no, there's not. What a God, dream maker. Man, bless Dolly Parton. But bless God bless Dolly. She's just a gem. <laughs> oh, this one's really good. When, okay, so we got, um. Someone was- wrote in. I'm not to, I didn't put who wrote it in because they said who it was at the bottom and it's really funny. Okay. Uh, when Ben Blacker talked about stealing books from a bookstore he worked at, I thought back to when I stole the complete works of John Keats from my uh, college library. I fell in love with his poems, loved how the book was book was a small paperback and super old, and it had that awesome old book smell. I was constantly checking it out to reread it and didn't want to leave it behind when I graduated. I figured I was the only one checking it out, so in a moment of bookish evil, I took it. I hid it in my backpack. I love this. They really get into it. I hid it in my backpack, and I checked out another book. So when the alarm went off, the poor student worker waved me through, thinking it was just a mistake and not scanned properly. This person is an evil yeah. mastermind. <laughs> I knew all the next step world domination. I, ne- I knew all the flaws in the library security since uh, my roommate worked there and would complain about the scanner. Can we get a book about a library heist? <laughs> Once I moved away, I was plagued with guilt, so I bought a new copy of the complete works of John Keats, the exact book, but a different and much newer and nicer edition. My friends still at at college who knew of my crime gave it to the library, saying it was a donation from, quote-unquote, someone. <laughs> I still have my stolen Keats on my shelf eight years later. This is from the Keats Kidnapper. <laughs> this is the greatest piece of fan mail we have ever received. <laughs> I kind of want this person to come on the show. I know. Or someone to but go no. to that college see if they can go find that book. No, I want this person to come on the show, but in one of those video interviews where they're in shadow and their voice, <laughs> their voices change. And their voice sounds like this. It's the Keats Kidnapper here. I like they always make the voice real low when it, like, they should make it really high because that would make it humorous. Yes, <laughs> hilarious. This is so fantastic. We want to hear your fan mail about your book crimes. Yeah, that's very funny. I love this so much. Uh, so you can always email us your book crimes at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And our five-star review of the week is from Hannah Susanna, who is currently reading Saga Volume 2 and whose nonfiction wheelhouse is intense books about women's health. Um, that 
Give me an example, please. Maybe the immortal life of Henrietta Lacks. Okay, okay, nonfiction. Okay. That's very intense and okay. has to do with women's health and it's yeah, nonfiction, yeah, yeah. which okay. is a great book by okay. Re- Rebecca Skloot. Okay, interesting. All right, good one. Good also, one. bookmark some news that I've been sitting on for a while and had teased before. Um, I am reading the audiobook from The Lady from the Black Lagoon. That's so exciting. Uh, yes, so I'm very. I'm recording it the week this podcast comes out, so you can check it out on my social media for some, you can see pictures of me recording the audiobook in the studio if you ever want to see that, and it's up for pre-order right now and library requesting um the link is in the show notes i am super excited about this we talked to my my i like my publisher my editor peter joseph and we were like all right well do i read it does someone does like a professional read it and i was like and they're like mallory you do a podcast yeah yeah yeah. people know your voice i was like okay yeah you're right i should probably read it so i'm very nervous but i'm very excited how many days do you have to read it five it's a um five days with maybe more depending yeah um, That's good. So if you want to check out my uh, what it's really like recording an audiobook or pre-order it or request it from your library, uh, I would really appreciate it. I'm super excited about it. And yeah, thank you for all the awesome listener support we've been getting. So before we talk about recommending books, we're going to take a quick break. This is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. It's a podcast that we do as uh, we ma- we are married. And how's the ad going so far? Because I think it's going very good. <laughs> we talk about things we like every week on Wednesdays. One time Rachel talked about pumpernickel bread. It was so tight. You cannot afford to miss her talking about this sweet brown bread. We also talk about music and poems and, you know, weather. There was one... Weather? <laughs> one time Rachel talked about Baby Beluga, this song, for like 14 minutes. And it just really blew my hair back. So check us out on MaximumFun.org It's a cool podcast with chill vibes Amber is the color of our energy Is what all the iTunes reviews say (laughs) They will now This week, it's all about recommending books. If you're like us, and you probably are since you're listening to this podcast, you are the capital B, capital P book person in your family or friend group, and people constantly come to you for book recommendations, especially this time of year when folks are starting to shop for holiday presents, or they're coming to the end of the year and realizing they didn't read as much as they wanted to, or they want to know what 2018 releases they should read. We are here to help. Yeah, just tell them to listen to this episode. Yeah, When they come to you and they're like... What should I buy for your father? Just like, listen to that one Reading Glasses episode. Just become a Reading Glasses fan. (laughs) So when someone asks you for a book recommendation, the first thing you need to determine is what they are asking. Yes. That is not a question. It seems straightforward, but it's not straightforward. Nope. Do they want to know what what you think they should read, or are they asking what books you liked? If it's the latter, then it's no sweat. You can just be like, this is the books I liked this year. But- and you can tell them what you liked, and you can be like, I don't think you'd really like that one. I often do that to people. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm reading this really hard sci-fi book. I don't think you'd be into it. Or I loved it. It was my favorite book of the year, but it's probably not for you. But you talking about it may be like, oh, maybe that's not for them, but it could be for somebody else. Like, yes. It could be for, their, that could be the present for their dad. You yes. read a history book set in World War II, <laughs> and you have found the history book for their father for, I, for Christmas. I feel like I do that all the time. People are like, oh, what are you reading? And I'm like, I'm reading this thing, and you would fucking hate it because yeah. it's wicked <laughs> weird. But every once in a while, like, I'll describe it, and someone would be like, oh, actually, I'm kind of into that. But a lot of times people are, they're more asking what you think 
they, they sh- should read. And those are yeah, they those two different things. You are a mind reader. Yes. And they think. They want you to like <laughs> hover your hands over their face and be like, you should read. Which is funny because we asked this question, you know, to all of our interviewees. And they all act, kind of answer in the same way where they're like, oh, I have to tailor it to people. Like some people have a straightforward book. They're like, I give this. You know, yes. this is the book they give. I retired mine. I used to, every literally, like, seriously, literally anybody, like a baby could come up to me. I'd be like, oh, you, you should read Priest Daddy by Patricia Lockwood. You would suggest Priest Daddy to a baby? Mm. You, a baby. <laughs> Think about what a baby likes. A baby I likes its own toes and like Bria, and you know bottles. that of all the people on this planet, I am the person who knows the least about what a baby likes. <laughs> but yeah, so I had to retire that recommendation. Um, but I like I I used to have a few like yes go tos yes you can't. I don't know why you have to retire that recommendation in general. You just told it to everybody? Yes. Every person on the planet? Yes. But I feel like most people are, they want to know what you think they should read. Yeah, specifically tailored for them. Yes. They want a tailored recommendation. Great. All right. So what, Mallory, what are some things that people should consider when it comes to making recommendations? Okay. There's a a quick list that, I feel like this, once you you get into the book recommendation zone, there's like a flow chart that needs to happen. Right. Okay. And so first one is age. So don't be a me and recommend Priest Daddy to babies. Just like make sure what you're. That's the only rule though. The only rule is don't recommend (laughs) Priest Priest Daddy Daddy to to babies. babies. (laughs) It's good for everybody else. Over the age of three, you're a toddler. You can handle it. Yeah, you you better. You're out in the world now, baby. (laughs) So uh, yeah, so make sure what you're recommending is age appropriate. If someone's asking for their kid, make sure you ask what age it is, or you know, like a teenager, or if they're old, like. You know, just make sure you're keeping that in mind. And mm-hmm. also, uh, on the like the, the flip side of this, if someone is an adult, they still might like a YA. So don't immediately be like, oh, well, I'm reading this book, but it's middle grade, so you wouldn't like it because you're, you know, 50. P- everybody can read middle grade books. Yeah. Uh, also, any potential triggers, don't recommend any snake books to Mallory. Right. No dog deaths for Bria. Yeah. Like, and this is... This is an impulse that a lot of people have, and I have this all the time, and I have to constantly fight it. Folks, remember, so, like, your friend, they're going through through something. Say they're going through a divorce. They don't necessarily want to read books about divorce, unless they're like, hey, Mallory, I'm getting divorced right now. Do you have any good books about divorce that I can, like, because, like, we talked about in our book therapy episode, like, I like reading things about the thing that I'm going through when I'm going through it. Not Some people me. Not Bria's, and they don't want to give me an escaping escapism book any day. That's Bria what I want. Bria wants to I want get in her world and fly away. Give me a cold fantasy novel any day of the week. <laughs> so yeah, just heads up. Like you could have someone who's going through like a death in the family, and you think that your help. You're like, oh, I have a book that you should read. I know what I should recommend to you. Here's a book about a death in the family. That they might not be in a place to read that right now. Yeah. So just. Like, unless they specifically ask, don't recommend books for people like that. Okay. Age, triggers, what else? Uh, tone of a book. Okay. If they're looking for, like, they might be specifically looking for a funny book. If you're, or if you're going to, if you're recommending a book that is amazing, but it's wicked sad, warn them. Yeah. Let people know what they're, give them, a, you don't have to spoil anything, but just like give them an idea for a book. Like every time I recommend a book to someone that is like super sad or is going to make them fucking ugly cry, let them know. Yeah, for sure. Or if it's really fun, it's just like let the, a good way to do this is like, how did you, how did you feel when you were like, uh, when you read this book? You don't necessarily have to be like, and this happened and this happened and this happens. Just be like, oh, this book made me laugh. This book made me cry. This book made me barf. Like just let them know what the tone of it is. Anything else? And the last one is length or if it's part of a series. Oh. 
Because if someone who doesn't read very often, you're like, I know what you should read. Here's a thousand page book. Yeah, they, here's they might the passage. Ne- yeah. <laughs> they might never pick it up. And also, if they're, you know, just getting into reading or they like, let, let them know if it's part of a series or not, because that's like the worst, like, hook ever. Like, oh, here's a book. And then they're like, oh, shit, it's part of a 35 book series. And now I'm stuck here but forever. Some people love that. And I do love if I read the book, first book of a series and I'm like, oh, I really liked that. That means I can read more of the series. Yes. Like I, you can always recommend a series book to me. I may not keep finishing it, finish it, but I, I am interested if it is a series because I kind of love Usually that means there's going to be a big world set up, which I'm all about. Like, set up that world for me in book one. I'm into it. And some people might want that. So that's just something you either want to warn them about or ask them about. Like, or you might be a Mallory where you're like, "Mm, I'm not ready for commitment. I don't want, I don't want to start a series unless I fucking know I'm going to love it. Yeah. Uh, Bria, what are your recommendation tips? Well, my my main recommendation tip is, is there a physical book laying around my house I want to get rid of? Then you're going to get it. You want to take my car? Actually, I do. Alan, you know, Alan and I do this when we have parties because I get so many advanced review copies that I we have a, like a little wooden box. Yeah. And when you walk in the house, it has a little sign that says take a free book. I've taken books from that before and mm-hmm. I read them and then I give them away. Yes. Because it's not that I don't like the books. It's just that I don't have that much bookshelf. I have no bookshelf space anymore. I literally... I'm moving in a month. I'm going to have to buy more bookshelves, but I'm not doing it until then. I'm not moving a new bookshelf. So I just like I'm always trying to get rid of books. And if it's a book I really liked and it's a physical copy, I'm going to hand it to somebody, especially if someone's over. I'm like, you should just take that. That means it's going to be high on my book recommendation list. Um, The other thing I really like to recommend to people is um, like the cool buzzy book, especially Mm -hmm. if it's a person who doesn't read very often. You want to be cool, kid? Read this book. And I hey, you want to be cool? Here's some drugs and a book. (laughs) (laughs) And by drugs, you mean snacks. (laughs) I do. Um, Yeah, and then I hand them a pair of sunglasses, and then they're like an 80s bad guy. Um, Yeah, I, I really like to give book recommendations that are something that they could talk about with other people. Because I feel like if you're recommending a book or something that's going to be turned into a movie soon or a TV series, now everything's a TV series, um, I feel like that's a good thing because then people can be like, oh my God, I read that. And it makes them kind of like excited for this thing that's coming up. And feel very cool. They feel cool and they feel co- part of the conversation. Um, and Leaders, we are clearly have our finger on the pulse of coolness. Help other people be cool. I, and, well, what I was going to say is, and it makes me seem very cool because they're going to be like, oh my God. Bria knew that this was going to be cool. Now everybody is talking about blank movie or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever series is coming out. Because then they will, we have all have read it. And guess what? Recommended by your friend Bria Grant. <laughs> She's so cool. She knew about it beforehand, although probably didn't. But anyway, those are, those are sort of like the recommendations that I do. Which is, one is laziness. Because it's just handing someone a book I already own. The other is just, just like looking cool. around. So I don't know if either of them are good. <laughs> what do you do to recommend books? See, I do a mix uh, when I recommend books of what I know about them and then like the general Swiss Army books that I know that I loved and are generally well loved. It's like the flowchart thing before. Like I have a bunch of books that I usually recommend. It's like taking an online quiz yes. when I'm talking to you and then they're like sorted by the above list. Like how old are you? What, are you looking for a funny book? Are you going through anything? So I always consider all those things before recommend it, recommending anything. Uh, also, if someone is asking for recommendations, I always make sure that it's inclusive and it's not like a bunch of straight white dudes or straight white people at all. Like I always try to make sure that there's like, you know, LGBTQ authors in there and authors of color and like a tra- like, you know, just making sure that it's not a sh- just a shitty list. Yeah. Yeah. Because. <laughs> Make no mistake, if you were giving, if any kind of book list, unless it's like specifically like, here's a book list of straight white dudes, if it's only straight white people, it's a shitty list. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Yeah. So what do you do, Bria, when someone asks about what books make good gifts? 
so like a lot of our our interviewees, um, I'm pretty weird about giving books as gifts, especially like just a random gift. Um, I pretty much only give books as gift gifts if someone asks for them. So update that Amazon wish list, family. Uh, <laughs> Mom. <laughs> because I'm gonna look at that. I'm not I'm not really gonna go from a random ass book unless it's like a beautiful coffee table book or something like that. Some sort of like with pictures, things they might be interested in, or maybe a cookbook if it just came out. Like something along those lines, I feel like are safe. But I'm always scared to buy a book because, like, as a library user, I don't have and an e-reader, I don't have the books I've read sitting around my house. You can never guess what I've actually read unless you listen to this show. Um, <laughs> the only way, hot exclusive, or or if you look at my Goodreads, I guess. I guess looking at someone's, if someone is really diligent about their Goodreads. Then you would know if they read it. Yes, and right? I w- I'm going to take this opportunity. I think we talked about this earlier. After 2018, I will no longer be updating no, my Goodreads because because oh, you're not updating it. No, do you want me to update it for you? Oh my god, that'd be great. Oh, it feels like a full time job. It's a lot of updating. I've already. I am you can on- send it to me once a week, and I would update it. Okay, I'm just so afraid of people being mean to me about my books. Yeah, I understand. So um, this I- is. I'm going to do something different. I'll probably announce it yes next year, but okay. I uh, will no longer be updating my Goodreads. Got it. Um, anyway, so, yeah, if you have someone who diligently updates their Goodreads, who is not Mallory O'Mara, who's going to quit updating her Goodreads, you could go check there. But I'm always scared to give someone a book they've already read. Yeah. So I would think, like, a book gift certificate is also wonderful. Oh, you know I love a a gift certificate. That is, like, giving me free money. But better. I feel like when you open a gift certificate, Bria, like a rainbow shoots out of it. It is my favorite to get a gift certificate because it's free money that I have to spend somewhere specific, so I don't feel like I have to spend it on rent. Like you know what I mean? It's like something that like makes me so happy. Other people don't feel that way. They feel like they're cheap. I don't know. I love them. No gift certificates all the fucking way. Book book gift certificates. It's like the start of a musical for me. You open up that card, and all of a sudden, like. Happy book music starts yeah, playing, great. and I'm like, and you know, the like bookstore. you support your books, local bookstore. It's like amazing. Yep. Um. Wh- what about you? What do you do when someone asks for? They're like, what book makes a good gift? I always do nonfiction. I think this is the safest, like cookbooks, cocktail books, uh, contemporary nonfiction about a subject that they like. Yeah. Like, very good book gifts for family, especially grandparents and parents. Cats, World War II, cooking, biography of somebody they admire. These are all like really solid recommendations. And also hardcover biographies are very expensive. I bought Alan a Bruce Lee biography. It was like $35.99. So it's like not normally something that you would get for yourself, but it makes they're beautiful, easy to wrap, make great gifts. That's always my thing. Like, And it's something that you can very easily be like, oh, I know that they really like olive oil. I will get them a book about olive oil. Yeah. And that sounds weird, but Alan, the love of my life, is really obsessed with fucking olive oil. I love olive oil, too. He likes an infused one. No, he... I don't Just know. regular. Uh, he, infused is cool. You know me. Cooking, I don't know, even know any, like... Because you can get an olive oil that's infused with, like, a garlic or something, and you put it on something, and it tastes like garlicky olive oil. It's, like, two wonderful things. Or you can do, like, a hot one. like Hot? A, Tune oh. in to Brian Mallory's olive, olive oil, oil cooking show now, where, be where Brian just tells Mallory about different kinds of olive oil. Alan would be our number one fan. <laughs> uh, so you can send your recommendation tips to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we get recommendation help from Ineke Fisk-Clark, we're going to take a quick break. It's Jana Varney of the JV Club podcast, and I am so excited to be joining Maximum Fun. If you're not yet familiar with the JV Club, it's a podcast with me and some of my favorite women, and in the summer, men, as we explore the highs and lows of our terrible teenage years into our adult lessons. 
For example, hear about Allison Bree's humiliating moment at a gymnastics competition, experience the shame of a knocked-out tooth with Jamila Jamil, or drop in as John Hamm imagines what would happen if Bambi met Godzilla. So join me and all my once awkward, often still awkward, friends every Thursday by subscribing to the JV Club on MaximumFun.org. Uh, so here we are with podcaster and librarian and Ineke Fitzclark. Ineke, thank you so much for joining us. Yay! Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on Reading Glasses. This is the best. <laughs> so what are you reading right now? Um, currently, I am reading David Sedaris's new book, Calypso. I've been slowly peddling my way through that book, which should be normally a quick read, but I've just been like a mess lately. So I'm I'm reading that. Well, you are in the middle of the California fires, so yeah. Yeah, you know, we're all masked up and taking our time. And now, I mean, I'm I'm kind of sequestered indoors, so I have more excuses to read, which is exciting. Yeah, exactly. I actually just joined a um, book club. I got kind of inducted into a, an awesome women's coven book club, and they're kind of making me a little bit cooler because the book is going to be is um, Heartberries by Therese Marie Melhot. And I believe it's a memoir about a woman who is um, Native American and, and kind of, I think it deals with addiction and those deep issues. So I'm excited to get into that. That's not, I am so jealous of like a book club coven. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. I mean, I'm really excited. I hope that they're not too disappointed with me with my, you know. You're, jankiness but I we'll feel see like how it goes if you're a librarian you're like automatically the coolest person in the book club so can you tell us about your show minority corner of course so this is like the best maximum fun crossover ever um right now um so <laughs> i am the co-host of uh, minority corner with my other co-host is james arthur we met in college. The show, basically, the tagline is um, it's Blue's Clues, but um, Black, Queer, and Ladylike, which, I mean, at this point, it's almost a little reductive because we talk so much more about things, but generally, we keep it around queer issues, feminist issues, and then intersectionality, which is like the huge main key word where we like to talk about how um, race and gender and age and economic status and disabilities all intersect and kind of in a beautiful pop culture crazy bag of goodness I guess that is awesome that is awesome and of definite interest to reading glasses fans so this whole show is is about the art of giving book recommendations. And as we were just talking about before we started recording, one of the reasons we really wanted to have you on is we got fan mail about how great your book recommendations are. So as both a host of Minority Corner and a librarian, do you have tips on recommending books, like the art of recommending? Totally. I mean, I mean, honestly, I kind of miss recommending books. I used to be a public librarian and that's when you do a lot of recommending books. Now I'm an academic librarian, so I work in university and I just kind of help people not Google 
sources for their thesis. But (laughs) (laughs) but I um I love recommending books. I I guess the biggest tip in combining my two hats would be to one I you have to listen to the person like you have to understand what they like to read what what section of the bookstore are they going to go to first um and if you don't want to like you know tip off that you're going to give them a book or like whatever recommend them a book you kind of ask like oh what newspaper section do you go to do you go to like world politics do you go to the art section do you you know kind of see which area they dabble in there and then with my other hat of like minority corner I like to say push it a little bit so if they like you know like let's say they like science fiction and um you're kind of like okay well let's find an author of color to recommend to you that you wouldn't normally read you know or somebody new like um I have to plug my friend Bethany Morrow she just wrote this book called Mem which is this beautiful science fiction book about memory and um kind of duplicates of ourselves and what we choose to remember and what we want to forget so I would recommend that to somebody who's like I like science fiction but you know I don't you know like you want to push it a little bit because you want somebody to experience something different something exciting when they're reading instead of just kind of tromping in the same old pool if that makes sense does that make sense yeah no I think that's a great suggestion also I loved mem and we had we had Bethany oh, on the you show. Did. You yes, she is fantastic. But I love the idea also of finding out what section of the newspaper they go to. That's a very smart way to think about it because because people yeah. know that answer, you know. Hmm. Exactly. Like my I I like trash, so I go to the art section all the time <laughs> and like look at reality show people, you know. So I'm gonna read like a reality show memoir because why not, you know? Like that's the other thing that I think as a librarian. I want to like cut down the the myth of like read whatever you want to read you know like if you want to read about the bachelor expose go right ahead read about that bachelor expose like I read about um a while ago one of the Hugh Hefner's girlfriends or whatever wrote a book and I was like sure why not I'm gonna <laughs> read that like there's highbrow lowbrow but as long as you're reading and getting engaged in something that's awesome yeah we totally agree on this show so um, yeah. are there any 2018 releases that you've recommended to people besides Mem? Mem was Mem was this year, yeah? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Mem was definitely this year. Um, I'm just so excited that you guys love Bethany's book. I've known Bethany for like 100 years, so it's you know, it's really exciting to kind of see your friends succeed and stuff. So I just ooh, that that really made me happy. Yay. Um Uh, Let's see. So I did some digging because I always love to do a little digging because I wish I could do more reading. So generally to be a librarian, I like to kind of have an arsenal of books just in my backhand, even though I haven't read them. That just might sound interesting. So um, I like to look at bookriot.com or, you know, BuzzFeed has a lot of good lists or, you know, other places like that. So I found a few books from this year that I really liked that sounded interesting this one book called love hate and other filters by Samira Ahmed so this one's kind of more of like a YA book surrounding a teenager kind of growing up and the whole growing pains but with the twist of um, living in Chicago and dealing with cultural divide kind of like 
I think she's dealing with her identity as being Asian American in Chicago, which is really fascinating. And also just kind of the normal thing of preparing for college. So that came out in 2018. I think that would be great, especially if you're like into YA or, you know, a teenager that might want, you know, something that's more relatable. I always like to kind of pump YA books that feature women of color or um, queer women because that's unusual in YA, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Another book. Oh, this one has been getting a lot of buzz. I want to read it. I haven't read it. A lot of my friends love it. It's called The Wedding Date by Jasmine Gulroy. It's super fluff. Supposedly has some like sexy sex scenes in it, which is always fun. Um, I think it surrounds a black woman and she ends up meeting a a white guy and it's kind of like interracial kind of love story. I think there's like more in the series that are supposedly coming out next year and later this year, but it's like a sexy, fluffy kind of thing, kind of in the vein of Crazy Rich Asians. So a lot of my friends have been really into that. Um, What else? Let's see. Ooh, this one is super local to me. I'm I'm really into this one. Um, Anger is a Gift by Mark Oshiro. Um, it's kind of talking about police brutality, especially Oakland police brutality. One of the, the lead characters' father gets shot by the Oakland police and kind of dealing with panic attacks that have ricocheted off of that. And then years later, um, I think a racially kind of heated action happens at the main character's high school and having to confront the duality of the past events and current events happening and the bay area is such an interesting place right now um with all the tech companies moving here but also the existing people that have lived here and made the the oakland and the surrounding cities so enriching that I want to, there's a lot of movies coming out about Oakland right now. I want more books to be about Oakland and that really kind of highlight the different voices that are around here and coming from different people who are here because a lot of times traditionally the authors that come out of the Bay Area, um, Michael Chabon, um, are not from the communities that I think more people want to hear from. So Anger is a gift is another one. Those are great. I yeah. love those suggestions. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, so what do you say to the person who asks you, so I don't really read very often. What book should I read? Yeah. Do you have like a Swiss Army recommendation that's great for like getting, hooking people who don't normally read? See, I can't, the, the librarian in me just can't give individual, like I have to give like specialized book recommendations. So for someone, and I get this question a lot, and they're just like, "Eh, I don't mean that. And I go, okay, well, what movies do you watch? Hmm. Ooh, that's smart. Because everybody watches movies, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think there's a disconnect from people who say that they don't read between um, going to the movies and books. Like, they're literally the same thing. Like, a book is just a way for your brain to create a movie. You know, so I don't have a Swiss Army knife book because, you know, I feel like people have such individual taste and I want to make sure that I can tap into that. So if they let's say they're like, oh, I'm really into um, 
like um kind of like a horror movie but i love a historical horror movie then i might like suggest something like um what is that devil in the white city eric larson you know Mm -hmm. or like i really like um like and the funny thing is a lot of times people will suggest movies that were books (laughs) like (laughs) someone will be like oh i really like gone girl i'll be like well (laughs) but but i try to stay away from the book that's inspired by the movie so if somebody says like gone girl then i'll be like maybe you should read something by tana french you know Um, hell yeah try something different so i i really try to stick with um what their genre is and then figure out a book that falls into place of their movie genre because then that's going to pique their interest and that's going to get them really fascinated with the the action of reading and and see how it's comparable basically like when I was a high school librarian I would get that question a ton so um graphic novels always are excellent places to start too with people who are super visual Um, because there's so many different types of graphic novels, you know, you guys know. Um, so you could, you could pick a quiet graphic novel and action, you know, horror, all of that. So it's, that's kind of my recommendation. I mean, I don't have like necessarily a specific book, but just, I love asking what type of movies they watch because it really gives me a good idea of which direction to go for them. So tell us about your reading life. Do you have any reading quirks you want to share? Yeah, I mean, my whole life is just like a giant quirk, I feel like. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I love, I. this is kind of shameful. This is like my dirty librarian secret. I actually really enjoy buying books, which is, you know, um, don't tell the library community. I will go to a bookstore and... I will just buy a ton of books. Like right now I have a a stack of books out in my living room that I don't know if I'm going to get to. So that's kind of like a big quirk of mine is to just buy a bunch of books that I think are fascinating and then slowly through years get to them, whittle them down. Um, Another quirk of mine is I love short stories. So because I love short stories, I will read like anthologies that are so cheesy like the best american short story anthology i've read that since i was like 14 um i also like literary journals it sounds so bougie but that it's quick and easy and if i want like a nice quick short story i'll go into i can't even pronounce it but we have it at my library so i pick it up it's it's a san francisco journal and it's um z-y-z-z-y-v-a which i believe is the the last word in the dictionary ah interesting you've heard of it but they i would say check it out you should go to your library they probably have it there um and they have a ton of up-and-coming authors established authors that have these beautiful short stories in them so i really suggest checking out that the new yorker of course always has great short stories plowshares glimmer train is a little cheesy but sometimes i dip into that so that's kind of like i would i would say my quirkiest habits is buying too many books and like not tackling it and then 
also reading a lot of short stories and like the tackiest quirk is if it has a really bright beautiful cover I'm like a moth to a flame (laughs) we love that it's okay I think we're all guilty of that yes so (laughs) it's like a wine bottle like you know if it's like really sophisticated then I'm like I'm gonna pay this you know (laughs) we are we are there with you do not you are not alone So Thank you. That makes me feel supported. <laughs> so where can we find you online? Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm on Twitter, Ms. Fitzy. I believe it's M-I-Z-Z Fitz F-I-T-Z F-I-T-Z-I-E. I could be wrong. Ms. Fitzy. Or you could just type in a neck if it's Clark on there. Um, Minority Corner, spelt with a K, is on Twitter. Um, I'm on Instagram, just Deneke and N E K A Y. Um, yeah, Minority Corner all over the place. Anything Minority Corner, we bought all the domains to that. So find us there. Listen to our podcast. Yes, you know all of that good stuff. Uh, Amazing. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, thank you for having me, you guys. This has been like this is a great start to my day. Now it's time to look at some book tech, advances in bookish technology. Rhonda wrote in to tell us about bookthinkers.com. Rhonda says, I've been using bookthinkers.com to share my bookshelves with friends easily and to keep count of how many books I'm up to for the year. I don't spend much time there. Just a quick check-in to record what I'm currently reading, what I'm finished, and my TBR list. So what bookthinkers is is basically like a Goodreads alternative. Bria, what did you think of this? Um... You know, this is something you should think about for Goodreads. I know, actually. Instead I didn't even actually Goodreads. mean to do this, but I've, well, I'll tell you what I think about okay, it, okay, but okay. I'm definitely interested in this. Okay. So it looks like Goodreads. It's kind of like Goodreads. Um, but it's, uh, let's just describe it. Like, it's it's more, it's a, no offense to Goodreads, it's a more beautiful, this is a more beautiful site. Yes. Book thinkers. Uh, no one, I don't, I feel like not enough people talk about that Goodreads is fucking ugly. And also sometimes Goodreads, I'm like, where are my books again? Even though there's a thing that says my books, it's like kind of hard to find because yes. there's everything Who you can need. Who chose on beige? Yeah, what? it's just a very, it's what, a very like beige site. 95 year old man was like, mm, I think this is going to be the best looking color for Goodreads to Goodreads, be. when y'all do a redo, you should come on the site and talk about it, but on the site, on the show. Because it is like, at some point they're going to have to streamline that site. Yes. Um, but so the one thing I liked about thing, this, uh, book thinkers thing is that they have a badge system. So if you are achievement goal oriented, like myself, um, then it's cool. You get a little badge for things you do. So you read four books in a month, month, you get like the book enthusiast badge or book on minimalism. You get the minimalist badge. So there's like cool things like that. It does seem to cater to me to like the startup sort of type business person yeah like a businessy person because there's like a four hour badge which is meant you read two tim ferris four hour books which i think most people like i mean i i don't even know if i've read two of those so it's My like a very Al- specifically weird badge yeah alan has and a lot of people are into it but like no it's yeah so i do think that it does kind of cater to that type person if you are that type person who is a person who's probably also badge oriented and she's just gonna oriented. say if you're reading a ton of tim ferris books you probably already feel self-important enough anyways and you don't <laughs> need a badge <laughs> dis to tim ferris um the um community here seems smaller it's definitely newer um most books only had a couple of reviews um and i read another bookish site review of it from a site called Erica Robbins Reads, Erica Robin Reads, um, which we will link to. She wrote a whole review of it as well. 
And she liked it, but she commented on something that I went and checked out. Did you read this as well? So she commented that, so you go sign up, which I did, and you can choose your favorite genres, and horror was not a choice. Yeah, it's some straight-up motherfucking bullshit <laughs> that you get a fucking badge for Tim Ferriss shit, but you. Well, that's but horror isn't a genre. It's catered to, um, I don't know what kind, like a... Like a business person, a startup person, a person who wants, who's like into self improvement and stuff. Listen, but not listen, startup reading. people, horror is just as good as Tim Ferriss. Yeah, I'm so going to write think, a horror book about someone is... making bulletproof coffee and then it's poisoned. And yeah, yeah, there's a yeah. Ghost inside and then of in it. your in your journal, I love journaling. Um, <laughs> no, I think um, I think that like it's maybe not catered to me specifically, but I do think if that's the kind of person you are, which I'm sure we have plenty of readers like that, readers, <laughs> listeners like that, um, that this is a good choice for you. I think that's a good choice for those kind of people. Um, for me, I feel like Goodreads really works for me, and I love, I will say recently, I was, because I've been trying to do this Read Harder Challenge. Y'all are never going to hear the end of this Read Harder Challenge. Um, that there are certain things that I was like, ooh, I don't know, and then I went, and looked up books that people suggested to me and um, on Goodreads. And there's so many fucking reviews on Goodreads. And I'm friends with so many people on Goodreads, which thank you. Please, please keep friending me. And I look at y'all's reviews of things. I'm looking at them. I'm reading them. I'm seeing how many stars you gave to them. And if you wrote a review, like, I go and read it when I'm trying to choose a new book to read. Especially with this Read Harder Challenge. Because it's just taking me a long time to choose a romance. And I just keep going through all of the romance things. And every time one's recommended, I go read it. So, um, not the book, the the reviews. So I think Goodreads just has a larger community, which I enjoy. I think BookThinkers is trying to get to that point of Goodreads, and it's just not there yet. So, I, I don't know. For me, it was, um, it was cool. So it's like a four out of five pages. It's just not necessarily designed for me specifically, I think. Yeah. What about you? How do you feel? So... Yeah, this is ba- like I'm giving this a lot of shade, but I actually do like this. So it's basically just Goodreads. The one thing that this has advantage of over Goodreads is that it's not owned by Amazon. So oh. if you are very staunchly anti-Amazon, remember that Amazon owns Goodreads. Oh, I may I may up my pages then. Um, it, this is a good if you're like just so if you're hearing about all the garbage Which is why stuff. Amazon advertises those books to you. Yes. I always forget that. That's why I'm getting advertised certain books because I look them up on Goodreads. Yes. Yeah. So okay. if you are fed up with all of the Amazon bullshit, this is a great alternative. And again, like Goodreads is not an attractive website, uh, but it's set up the same way. You can friend and follow people. You can have bookshelves for what you're currently reading, what you finished, your TBR. I think it's very cute. Um, very cute. What I did like most about it is that this feature, it has this book note feature where instead of like writing a review, you can write a couple sentences about what you liked about the book or what stood out to you. And that's just for you. It doesn't necessarily have to be shared with people, I'm pretty sure. Oh, interesting. So, so it's it can like, be like a personal thing. So you can be like, because this is a problem for me as I'll be like, I read that book, but I don't know what it's about. Yeah. So yes. you don't have to feel the pressure of like writing out a review. Uh, I like that. But you can be like, this book was fun. Lots of spaceships. Mm-hmm. Would read the, would read the sequel, mm-hmm. you know, just to like, so I think that's really helpful for people who are trying to remember what they read a little better. I'm the same way. I give this a four out of five pages. It didn't blow my mind. Uh, but if someone doesn't like Goodreads for any number of reasons, it's a great alternative. I'm going to I've been checking this out because, as you know, I am terrified of people being mean to me. So I am uh, going to stop using Goodreads this year. But I'll, I'll, I do want to say if you write a very nice review of my book on Goodreads, either Bria's mom or my one of my best friends will be looking at it and reading it to me. <laughs> so if you write something very nice about Lady from the Black Lagoon on Goodreads, it will find it's it, I will I will hear it and I will hear it from you. And I thank you in advance. But if you're being mean and you're like. I already got one Amazon review that was like, this book is too angry. So 
that was sad, but also hilarious. I should use that as a blurb. But um, <laughs> yeah, so if you are in that space, if you're an author like me, or you are you are anti Amazon, or you just want to try something new, uh, give Booker Bookthinkers.com a, a try. I think I'm with Bria. I think this will be better once there's more people there. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to suggest some book tech to us, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. And remember, if you want to support the show and show off your love of reading, you can look cool as fuck in your reading glasses, tote bags and shirts and bookmarks. Uh, They're in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us. It helps us reach more readers. We are almost we're almost we're like almost to 550 reviews. We're like 530 something. When we get to 600, we're going to do a special bonus AMA episode. So if you are interested in hearing that, uh, go to iTunes, give us a review or rating or spread the word and ask your friends to. It's so, so helpful for us. You can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. You can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for reading. So, yes, it had flaws, but what does that matter when it comes to matters of the heart? We love what we love. Reason does not enter into it. In many ways, unwise love is the truest love. Anyone can love a thing because that's as easy as putting a penny in your pocket. But to love something despite, to know the flaws and love them too, that is rare and pure and perfect. The Wise Man's Fear by Patrick Rothfuss. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.